Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Ranch in the North Woods of Wisconsin. We're on the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute as well. And um, we also have another ministry called the Wolf River Refuge, which is another um, small camp-like setting just a few miles down the road from our main campus of Silver Birch Ranch. And we just love having people here, hosting people and pointing them towards Jesus. And we get silly along the way, too. Um, Dave likes to eat peeps on his spare time. Um, I do not, he, he for enjoys, the record. He enjoys cheering not. on the bears as well. I do not. And, uh, I do you know, not. So if you know anything about that, you know, send him for Christmas some peeps nope. or a bear's uniform. He'd love it. I think the bears eat peeps and, <laughs> and play as if they eat peeps. That's just my thought. And, uh, and we'll let it rest there for we'll all just, you bear we'll fans that are listening. You know, That's right. All the, the bear the fans are things. complaining about a, a goal, not goal. So. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. <laughs> it, Speechless. It, it still wouldn't have uh, won the game for him, but. It gives True. them something to moan about. It gives it gives something to moan about, and and the whole argument of a taking the wind out of the sails yeah. and momentum shifting and yeah. all that sort of. You stuff. You know, it's really so. weird. I mean, all sports is weird right now because it's like either, and I understand it. If, if I'm going to pay somebody several million dollars a year, they need to win every game. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's my thought. It's like yeah. we're paying you several million dollars and you lose. Yeah. There's no way that that should happen. So I know. Send your letters to Jason. I'm I'm that's just right. saying. I that's that's my thought. But but the bottom line is again. I, Minnesota beat Green Bay on the first game this year. Substantially, they looked pretty good. Second game, they didn't look that good. And now everyone's saying like, oh, Kirk Cousins, he's terrible. It's like you know what? He had one game. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 we don't know all the factors. I mean that uh... that. Receivers could have been tripping for all I know, and right. I have no idea what went on during that game. But either do I. It's I didn't watch it, so it's but still. Well, I, I, I confess I didn't even watch the Bear Packer game. Yeah, so. I, I did. I watch it. I, no, you know it got too late. Because <laughs> 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 I, I remember getting up and looking oh, for the funny. score in the morning to see who won. But. That's funny. Yeah, no, you get to a certain point, and I'm not watching these guys. You win or lose, whatever. Yep, yep. Anyway, we've been talking about characteristics, and we're on the seventh one. Yep. And uh, see if we can continue that, where characteristics of people in their 20s, things that you just need to learn. Yeah. So I encourage you to go back and check out the other ones. And really, I'd say, even if you're outside of your 20s, right? these are good characteristics. They are. And this one is something we talk about a lot at Silver Birch Ranch and, and at Nicolet Bible Institute. Uh, the seventh thing that this article talks about is become a servant. Absolutely. And what you have to understand, and I have to understand, is that God made us a certain way. Yeah. And he made us to serve. And you're never, ever, ever going to be happy unless you're out serving. Mm-hmm. Because you're made that way. Yeah. When Jesus came to this earth, and he could come any way he wanted, and he could do anything he wanted, he came as a servant. Mm-hmm. And he served, and he died. And he washed the disciples' feet, and he said, you go do likewise. Why? Because he understands that's how we're made. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what income, you're bra- what income bracket you're in. I don't care where, where you are in the world. You can serve. Absolutely. And God made you to do that. Uh, the question I have, what do you think, Jason? Again, you have three boys. Yeah. How do you train them to be servants? How do you do that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't come naturally to some. No. You know, one thing I've realized with three boys is they're all three very unique individuals. Mm, yes. You know, and so I would say that um, for one of them, maybe it comes a little bit easier. 
you know, but that just probably plays into their personality and, and, and are they a servant stuff. though? If you serve and you're doing it just because you feel better? No, no. Yeah. And that's the, that's the hard part is, is, is the intention behind service. Yeah. You know, how do you teach that? Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with modeling, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's the key word right there. And, and we, we briefly, I think, got at the tip of the iceberg in the last session when we talked about um, even values and doing things. You know, you shared the, the illustration of your mom and how she would ask you, would you like to take out the garbage? Right. Um, and it's not like you'd like to. No. Um, but I think that's starting to hint at this heart behind service is that you do things, you know, even if it's the most crummy job in order to better the other person without anything in return. And so it's how do you do that? And 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 I would say that both of us grew up in a context um, where that was modeled to us and right. built into the fabric, you know, because I grew up at your dad's church. Right. Um, and so I grew up in the same culture where as soon as you're old enough, it was it was the, the mentality of, all right, what are you going to do to, to kind of. Uh, invest, you know, I mean, the world kind of does it in a, in a secular way by using the phrase, pay it forward. Right. You know, how are you going to pay it forward? But as a Jesus follower, it, it takes way more meaning than that because our calling is to love God and love others. Yeah. God has designed us for a relationship and there's something about service and the way that God has designed us that helps us not only be thankful for the people that we're serving, but it almost grows our own walk with God deeper in the way that we re- relate with him. Right. You know, I, th- I think it's interesting because as a teacher, one of the things I've realized through the years is you can teach with words and some people might actually learn something from that. Yeah. But they learn a whole lot more from your actions. Right. And it's so important for people to realize as you have children in your home that they're going to mimic you when they get older. They may not they may not say they're going to, they may say, I'm going to do my own thing, but really they end up doing a lot of things that you have done in your life because they've seen you do it. Mm-hmm. If I want to help the next generation be servant minded and live the way God made you to live, then I need to be one who is a servant. Yeah. And I think one of the, the, the most important things that you need to remind yourself of constantly is once again, that's how God made us. Right. You're not going to be okay serving yourself. You're not going to be okay making everything about you. It's mm-hmm. not going to work for you. You will not be fulfilled in this life if the world, if you think the world's going to revolve around you, it's not. Mm-hmm. And when you find that out, if you find that out as you get too old, then you've just wasted your life because you've been pursuing being the center of the universe and you're not. Right. You know, God is. And you and I are made to serve and to give. And so I think that modeling that is the key because it's hard for me. In the United States even, when, when you go out to eat, mm-hmm. this is my own warped theory in my brain. Okay. You go out to eat, we like being served. It's like we have our servants. Yeah. Bring me the food. Bring me the way I want it. Make sure it's the way I want it. I'm not going to treat you well unless you give it to me the way I want it. And you should, you know, it's like, wow, that's yeah. interesting to me. Now, I'm not against going out to eat. I'm not against, you know, people who work at restaurants. I'm saying it's kind of like I'm not wealthy and I don't have servants, so I'll go out to eat. And you people cook my food and cook it the way I want it mm-hmm. and give it to me the way I want it when I want it. And yeah. 
I'm thinking, I think there's so much in our culture that revolves around, I love being served. Mm-hmm. And if I could use my money to have other people serve me, then I would. Yeah. And I think we need to rethink that because I think we're made to be servants, not be, be served. served. Right. And I don't know how many young people really grow up learning that. Uh, we learned it again. I learned it from watching my dad and mom and and uh, my kids. I think they're serving today, and they've learned it in, in you know growing up here. Had to go do dishes. Had to go do whatever is necessary to keep things going. Um, and really, I didn't really care if they liked it or not. It's like the garbage, you know. What I mean, go over there and do this. Right. You know, and y- you look at our context here at Silver Tranch, and whether it's Silver Tranch, Nicola Bible, Suit Wolf or Refuge, you know. You know, we're built on the context of service. Right. You know, if you've been here during the summertime, you see like we have volunteers and, you know, even during the year we have dish crews that come up that come and just give, you know, because it helps us function. If it wasn't for people that were willing to serve, even we wouldn't function. Yeah. You know, but it's even bigger than that because a lot of people say, you know, well, I'll, I'll plan my service trip here, you know, or I'll go to feed my starving children with our life group and we'll go serve there. But that's just a portion of serving other people. Right. You know, what are you doing with your next door neighbor? Right. Do they know Jesus? Right. You know, whether they do or don't, how can you show them, you know, you know, do you shovel their driveway without right. anything in return, without right. any expectation, just to go out of your way and do something. Why? Because that's, that's how God's designed us. You know, because as we've talked about these 12 essentials, you know, we, we just got done in the previous ep- episode talking about values you know, what are the things that you want to be known for? And so that plays into the way that we serve people. You know, if we want yep. to be known for Jesus followers, part of that is showing it just as Jesus did, because Jesus was a servant. You know, he even went and washed the disciples' feet back in a day when feet were probably more grody than we've ever had feet before. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's what he did. And he wa- there was something behind it that he yep. wanted us to model, that same servanthood. And, and it opens up doors. It opens up opportunities then to, to talk about life and to get real because then it's like, all right, you're not motivated by anything other than like, I just want to serve you and love you. Um, and that's, that's something that's rare, I think, in our culture because we've become so centristic. Is that a word? Yeah, sure. It is About now. ourselves, right. you know, because some of us even disguise service, but in reality, we're still doing it for ourselves. Right. And I would challenge you on that. You know, do you serve so that you look better? or that you get something out of it, or do you serve because you really just want to help whoever it is or whatever it is? You know, and, and the weird part about that is when you serve with the right attitude, you do feel okay. Yeah, so, absolutely. So it's like, it's kind of like the runner's high. Hmm. You know, I don't know, I, I used to run. I don't run anymore, but you, you run once in a while. I, I, yeah, once in a while, and I did a marathon about 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, there, there's a certain high that comes after you run that... that it's the exercise. You get whatever the exercise is. Yeah. Afterwards, you go, oh, that felt good. You know yeah. what I mean? It feels Definitely good. Definitely afterwards. Right. Not during. <laughs> at least for me, it was Not wasn't during, during, not before. But I've met some runners that, I don't know if they yeah. have it during. Or, anyways. <laughs> well, well, there's, you know, we always used to call it the runner's high. You, yeah. When you're done, exercising feels great. Well, people would love to get that without running. Mm. Yeah. But, that, but that's not how it works. And it's not that the runner's high is evil. It's just it comes after you run. Yeah. Likewise, there's there's a certain feeling you get after you serve. Mm-hmm. And and what happens after a while is like I just want the feeling, and you start cheating somehow to get it. Right. Uh, there's no cheating to get it. Just 
we're made to serve. We need to look at others, and we need to ask. And it, this ties into the eighth thing they actually give us is, right. is be giver. Be giver, right. You know, what does that even mean? Yeah. Well, what do I have? What do I control yeah. in life? Yeah, what are the resources that God has given me? Yeah, and, and they're different. They're talent resources. Yep. They're, they're uh, situation resources. You know, you have a, a family of young kids, and the, and the people that live around you are older Okay, the resources is your family. Go help them, like you said, shovel some snow in the winter if you live in northern Wisconsin or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you as a family are doing things for other people. And your children start to think, you know what, my parents are always looking out for other people. Right. And you know, I used to think that growing up. It's like, okay, Dad, you keep volunteering my time. Mm-hmm. Well, he was always looking out for other people. Yeah. You know, and as I got older, I realized that he wasn't always just looking out for us. Right. But he was looking out for this person or that person or how we can help them or whatever it might be. And you catch that after a while. Yeah. Uh, not only that, being a giver, being generous in life. Um, I've been asked so many times, what are some of the most important lessons you've learned in life? And, and this is one of them, being generous. Mm-hmm. Generous with your time, generous with your, your money, your resources. You those who are genuinely generous are usually genuinely thankful. Yeah. They're realizing that the, the resources they have were given to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, again, I, I use this illustration way too much, but in our area, you can get free wild berries. Yeah. Blackberries, raspberries, blueberries, and cranberries. You can get them all. Yep. Now, I really enjoy going out there and getting them. Mm-hmm. But for years, I thought, you know, these are my berries. These these berries I worked hard for. And I'm out there in the berry patch one day, and it's almost as if God's Spirit says, you grew these? Mm. It's like, well, no. No, they just grow on their own. You did nothing for them, right? Yeah, I did nothing for these. And so I'm talking to myself out there like, I didn't do anything for these. Yeah, look how good they are. Look at the crop. Yeah. You didn't water them. You didn't weed them. You didn't plant them. Actually, you did nothing. Right. And you think just because you pick them. That they're yours. They're yours, all of them. And there used to be a rule, um, an unspoken rule up here in in general. If you know where the the deer are when you're hunting, you don't tell anybody because you want to get them. If you know where the berry patch is, you don't tell anybody. If you know where the big trout are. Yeah, you don't tell anybody. And you know what? I decided I'm going to live different than that. If you want to know where these things are, I'm going to tell you. Mm -hmm. And I've never run out of berries. And I really haven't. I've got my freezer still full of them. Right. And and it's because I think that you, you become a giver. You realize I got those as a gift. Right. I didn't grow them. There's plenty out there. And there's other people who could enjoy this and enjoy the gift if they want to. I can show them where it is. And even in my hunting, people who know how to hunt have showed me where mm. and how. Well, then they got to go find somewhere else Yeah. because I'm sitting there hunting. They're okay with that. There's plenty of woods out there. There's plenty of animals. Uh, trout fishing, like you mentioned, same thing. Here's where I go. Yeah. You show people. Right. Well, where are you going to go in the future? I'll go there or somewhere else. I'm, I mean, once again, I didn't put the fish in there. Mm-hmm. I put a worm on a hook, which I didn't grow. 
I just dug it out of the ground. Right, right. I throw it in the water. This fish grabs it, and I think I'm special. Mm-hmm. Actually, God put it there, gave it the appetite. I mean, the whole works. I, I, I start looking at this thinking, you know, it's fun to be a giver. Yeah. The people that you've shared all this stuff with, their lives are enhanced after that. Yeah. Um, and because of that, Right. Well, and, and the other side of it too, Dave, is, is as soon as you're willing to be a giver of whatever it is, whether it's talent, money, you know, situational authority, you know, whatever it is, if you open yourself up to say, you know, what, God, you've blessed me with this. How can I use it for you? It's amazing to see how God uses people like that. Right. You know, I mean, you've talked about it. You know, if you've been up here for a men's retreat, ladies retreat, oftentimes you host like a tour through camp on the hayride right. and you talk about camp. And the cool thing, I, I've only been here 10 years. You've been here 55. Yeah. But even I know that literally everything in this place has a story. It does. Um, and, and what I mean by story is that God used outside of the context of Silver Birch Ranch and our resources, people, mm-hmm. to make things happen that we didn't plan for. And those are all stories. Some of them, it was financial. Some of it was material. Some of it was skill-based. You know, the list goes on. And you walk around camp, and those instances of generosity, those stories are what what make this ministry even possible. That's right. You know, a lot of people don't even know that we don't even charge enough. Right. You know, I mean, we have summer camp year-round retreats, and we, (laughs) we, we don't, we lose. We do. So much so that we actually depend on God providing in order to make us happen. Absolutely. And that's the amazing thing. It really is. It, and, and the fun thing is, you know, I've, I've worked on boards and I've, and I've talked to people who are in business. And, and invariably, if they have a lot of resources, many of them will say, well, how much money should you keep to yourself? Yeah. And I never really know what to tell them because that's not my business. That's God's business and, and the person's. But the one thing I know, if you have resources, talents, abilities, you, you have authority or you have money, whatever it might be, you didn't get them because God wants you to be self-centered. Mm-hmm. So go to God and ask him, why did you give me these? Right. And it could be. You know, I might live to be 150 years old, and in that case, I need a, a good retirement somewhere. I need to be in a nursing home or something. We'll I'm take not, care of you, Dave. I'm not sure. I know. But that's, <laughs> that's one of those things where you look and I go, okay, God, did you give me the resource to plan for the future? Right. Did you give me the resource to give it away? Mm. And only God knows that. Right. The thing I think that you need to practice is be a good giver, not not necessarily be one who says, oh, no, I'm, I'm scared. I'm just going to. You don't trust your money. You trust right. God. Yeah. And if God puts on your heart that you should participate and give it away, give it away. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're going to miss out on God taking care of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's an important uh, aspect of life that you got to demonstrate and see. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage you to do that. Yeah. And, and it'll be a rewarding experience. You know, there's, there's a verse in Psalms, you know, it's Psalm 1611. It says, you make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Right. You know, and that's the cool thing is that, you know what? Everything's God's. 
you know, the resources, the talent that we have, like he designed us, he created us with those talents, given those, those yep, talents. Absolutely. And he just wants us to share those with other people. That's the way he's designed it. And so he says, you know, don't worry about trying to meet your own pleasures. I have that covered. If you pursue me and do that, you'll get joy and you'll get pleasure. Yep. You know, that's why I like that verse, you know, because he, he lays out to us the path. If we follow the path, we'll get joy, which is outside of circumstances, and we'll get pleasure. Yeah. And that's that's the big picture. And that's the exciting yep. thing about how, how all of these kind of build up on each other. All these these different, you know, essentials that we've been talking about, it, they're all, they all build up and, and are webbed together because God wants us to be about loving him and loving others and being intentional about that. Yeah. And, you know, I tell you, when you'll, you'll know if somebody's a giver because when there's a need, they're looking for ways to meet it. Yeah. I mean, just in their brain, they're looking for ways that they can help. Yeah. And they may not be able to, but they look for ways. Mm-hmm. And if they have the capability at all, they'll yeah. step in Absolutely. and they'll just do it. Right. And you can be one of those. Um, you know, the next thing they say is be educated. Yeah. And And that's what we're doing right now we're talking about it that's what our whole show has been about yeah is you take what you know about how god wants you to live your life and you marry that with what's going on in real life yeah i mean that's that's really the concept about being educated it's knowing and learning what's going on in the world around you and then taking the next step and saying all right how do i apply that with my values and and the system that i've set up to live for god yeah you know you know, and, and spend time. I, I am a big advocate on read the Bible through every year. Yeah. Why? Because you need to know what it says. Absolutely. When somebody says something or here's what I believe, you need to be in a position where you can say, I don't think the Bible says that. Or right. yes, the Bible does say that. You don't need to know it reference at this particular point. You, you just need to know what it says. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's really hard to just read the Bible through. They're used to only studying it. But I, I encourage you to do both. Yeah. Spend some time just reading the Bible through to get a context. You know, right. Genesis all the way to Revelation. Read it through. Do it every year. And then the, the other thing is spend time thinking about things and how it applies to your life. It, becoming educated is something that's a decision you make. You're not going to be educated by just watching media, by just watching television, that kind of thing. They're going to – they do that to get you and to get products. That's why – that's on right right so you you decide be a reader talk to people be educated and i I mean really we live in a world day where there's really no excuse Mm. you know it used to be like i don't like to read well now you can listen to it it's at your fingertips not only that there's so many ministries that are now taking visual interpretations along with scripture as they read it to you right i mean you just shared uh something after going to a conference that an organization is starting to do and where they're actually trying to visually write out the Bible right? by visually, like as somebody reads the Bible, visually interpret kind of what that looks like. To me, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And so I understand that maybe not everybody's a gifted reader, but you can listen, you can, you know, or you can watch. And so educate yourself in the way, you know, learn the Bible, know the Bible, because you, you won't know who God is unless you learn about him. Yeah unless you spend time with him. And you know, the 10th and 11th one they share in this article go along with that. Yeah. Because it's be mentored and be a mentor. Yep. So what you're doing is you're looking for ways to impart what you know to the next generation while you're looking to the next generation to learn from them. Right. 
And really, that's it. You're just asking God to teach you through them. You really ultimately are trusting God to both use you and to learn. Um, I've often told the kids in my class, healthy people have, they, they at least have groups of three. Yeah. In other words, there's people in your life, and, and they don't have to be formal, by the way. Sometimes you think, well, I have to have a formal mentor. Not necessarily. You have to have people in your life. You need to have older people in your life that you look to that you can ask questions to. Mm -hmm. Then you need to have a younger people in your life, younger person or younger people, where you say, okay, I want to demonstrate to them. Yeah. So you have two sides there. I'm looking for somebody older that I can just learn from, and I'm looking for somebody younger to impart what I learn. Yeah. And, and that's the group of three. You're the third one. So yeah. you have older, younger, and everybody should be able to have people around them in that, those categories. Right. Not, not even just one person necessarily, but, but people that are older, people who are younger. So when, you know, when I say something in life or I learn something in life, I immediately want to share it with somebody. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's being a mentor. And then being mentored is, oh, I want to learn from this person. Yep. I want to learn what they, they, they know. If, if I find somebody who knows something that I have never dabbled in, mm -hmm. you know, they might be a musician or an artist, or I, I usually ask them a thousand questions. Yeah. Why? I want to learn from them. Mm -hmm. now, I, I'm never going to be an artist, or a, that's not what I'm going to do. I mean, your wife, she was good at making sourdough bread. Well, uh, she gave me some starter, and I make sourdough bread yep. now. I just asked her, how do you do this? So, like, again, mentors don't have to be... Right. We always think spiritual manners. Well, you learn by somebody else is doing something. Right. Go to a position where you say, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. And most of the time, they're thrilled to help you. They're yeah. not, you know, my my son-in-law is a great hunter, and, and he basically is, I, I don't know how many people he's taught to hunt and yeah. clean the deer and that kind of thing. He's at it again this year, you know, young people during the, the time when it's going to be there's a youth season or something where they can go out and hunt and for nothing in Wisconsin. And he's got guys lined up. He's teaching them how to hunt. You yeah. Know I mean, that's what he does. Well, that's what we're talking about. You know how to do something. Find somebody who doesn't. Yeah. Say, you want to learn this? Let me show you. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, it's, it's, uh, your life is totally enhanced. So part of being educated is having a mentor, being, men being a mentor, Looking for that, being in a church where you're watching, you want to learn how to have a good marriage, find an old couple that's got a good marriage and watch them. Yeah. You know, ask them over to your house to eat or something and just right. watch how they treat each other, watch how they interact. And all of a sudden you're learning just by watching their life. Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of our Nicolay Bible Institute program is is designed about around that. And actually all of these ones, because then the last one, you know, as we, as we kind of bring this to conclusion at the end of the show is be an explorer, yeah. you know, go and, and see God's creation, go out there and see all that he's created, the people that groups that he's created, whether it's here and push yourself, get outside the box and just allow yourself to be exposed to the kingdom of God and allow him to use your gifts and talents. And allow and yourself to fail. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't make you a failure. It just shows you what you're not probably going to do the rest of your life. Right. Absolutely. Because it's it's through your life experience then that you'll be able to see different aspects of who God is. And that's the, the fun thing. And that's why we'd say, you know, Dave, you have that phrase, you know, change, change a place, change, change a, a pace, pace, 
challenges your perspective. Challenges your perspective. Yeah, I need to get that down. But that's yeah. that's reality of it, and it helps you to grow. And so those are the 12. If you missed any of them, I encourage you to go back um, and listen to our episodes. Head over to silbertranch.org, and you can find out all those or your favorite podcasting platform. But for now, we're out of time again. So this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.